0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word, which is our focus this evening, is taken from the book of Lamentations, the third chapter, beginning at verse 19. Please rise as we hear these words. Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Thus far, our text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. What if? Have you done very much what ifing in your life? Sometimes it's it's okay to to play that what if game. Sometimes we like to think about the future and maybe what's going to happen. And and really, the what ifing can lean a little more toward the positive or toward the negative. What if uh, someone dies and I inherit a million dollars? What if my child grows up to be wildly successful? Or what if our finances continue in the direction they're going and we have to declare bankruptcy? Or what if my son grows up to be a notorious criminal? Such what-ifing really doesn't help, does it? Sure, it might be good. in some ways, it might make us feel good to talk about the future and, and hope and pray for the best. and maybe sometimes people just like to fret about what's going to happen in the future. What if? We definitely live in uncertain times, don't we? There's quite a bit of uncertainty that floats around us every day. We think of various diseases, COVID. We think of wars going on, Russia invading Ukraine. But as Christians, we know the way things really are. We know who's in control. We know that God is the one who's in control. And and this world, our lives, it's not just a matter of blind luck or chance. And so we enter this new year with certainty. Tomorrow, January 1st, 2023. What's going to be different? Well, we're not sure. Did you know that January, the month January, is named after the Roman god Janus? Janus was very interesting. He had one head, but he had two faces. One face that looked back and one face that looked forward. And that's what we're going to do tonight is is to take a look back and to take a look forward as we think about entering the new year. And as we look back, we have to review and, and remember the past in repentance. That's what Jeremiah was doing. He's most likely the author of Lamentations. And he's looking back over the past, and what he's thinking about as he sees the past is the destruction of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. What a wonderful city it was. It was the capital of God's people for a long time, quite a few years. It was a very beautiful city. It was surrounded by an imposing wall. The people of God at the time, they thought Jerusalem was The greatest city imaginable. And part of what made it great, the main thing really that made it great, was that it was the home of the temple. The the symbol of God's presence among his people. It was the center of worship for God's people. It was to the temple that they came to offer their sacrifices daily, weekly, annually. They came to the temple to celebrate their festivals. They came to the temple and were reminded of the promise that God continued to make to them a promise to send his savior, a promise to send someone to come and rescue them from sin and death. So in fact, all of their sacrifices, all of their worship, their festivals, everything pointed forward to the fulfillment of that promise to when the Messiah would come. But now, At this time that that Jeremiah is writing, it's all a memory. The temple had been destroyed. In 605 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had come. He had conquered the kingdom of Judah. He had left Jerusalem at the time intact. He let the people stay there. And after a few puppet kings were allowed to reign, Well, then Babylon changed its mind. Not even 20 years later, in 586 BC, they came and they destroyed the city. They wiped out the city, destroyed the temple, and parted the people off into exile in Babylon. Now, some people might look at this situation and wonder how God could do such a thing. After all, this is his people. These are his people and he has allowed them to have their capital city destroyed, their temple destroyed, they're carried off into exile. How could God do that? Didn't he care about them? Jeremiah knew full well what had happened had definitely been deserved. All of this destruction being carried off into a foreign land, it was God's urgent call to his people to repent repent. Of what? Well, really, it was the same old thing when it came to God's people. When you think about after God had delivered his people out of Egypt, he had rescued them from their bondage. He had brought them through the Red Sea, leaving Pharaoh's armies destroyed in their wake. He had brought them out of that bondage. They're sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai, waiting for Moses to come back down the mountain with God's law. And what did the people do? They built a golden calf and they worshiped it. And that was just the beginning, the first incident of of many incidents like that throughout their history of chasing after false gods. They'd be blessed for a while with a good king who would be faithful to God and would make sure that the people were worshiping the true God And then the next king would come along and things would go downhill. They'd be chasing after idols, living in immorality. And that went on, that pattern went on for hundreds of years and then finally God had had enough. God allowed his people to be conquered and to be carried away. And that's why Jeremiah began this text by saying, remember my affliction and my wandering, my wormwood and bitterness, Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind." He knew that everything that had happened had been deserved. God gave them into the hands of their enemies because of their unfaithfulness, because of their sin. He simply wanted them to repent. And so as we look back over this past year, do we do so in repentance maybe we're inclined to think that God has been busy judging the people of this world when you think of all of the terrible things that are going on COVID is making a comeback it seems we've got wars going on in various places in the world you think about various cities in our country where the crime rate seems to be just skyrocketing you think about our economy and how it doesn't seem to be doing all that well. The stock market has been down. Cost of living is up. And that most of that is primarily just within our country. And we look at the rest of the world and we see that, that it seems even worse. Is God judging people for their sin? Well, Jesus spoke about this type of situation in Matthew 24. When he's talking about various... Terrible things going on in the world. He said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Now, in this context, Jesus is saying that all of these things taking place, they're not signs of God's judgment. Really, they're just signs that the end is very close. It's a wake up call for everyone. So that's what's going on in the world around us. And then we think about maybe closer to home. Maybe in this past year you've lost someone very close to you. And that was after you prayed and prayed that that God would restore them. Was God judging you for insufficient prayers or something? Maybe you've had relationship struggles. Maybe... There are things that are in your in your home life that are just going poorly and you pray and pray that they would get better but they don't. Is God telling us that he no longer cares for us? And of course there are things for which we know we should be repenting all of the times that that we have displaced God out of his rightful place in our lives and put something else there making an idol out of something that we want to pursue, all of the times that that we haven't loved our spouses and our families and our neighbors by putting their priorities above our own, all of the times that we've been mad and angry and hateful towards someone for whatever, gets to be a pretty long list quickly, doesn't it? And after such reflection, maybe we'll be inclined to think that the only thing we can conclude is that we're just awful people. We deserve God's wrath because of our sins. But the message for this new year doesn't stop there. That's, that's looking at the past and what has gone on in the past. Jeremiah continued, therefore, I have hope. After, and this is after he had recalled his people, his and his people's sinfulness. Therefore, I have hope. Why did he have hope? Can we have hope? Yes, we can. And yes, we do. That's why we approach this new year with confidence. What did Jeremiah see when he looked ahead? He saw the Lord's loving kindness. For the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Jeremiah recalled how the Lord had dealt with his people. That even as he allowed them to suffer all sorts of, of terrible things, being carried off into exile, etc., he always loved them. He never stopped caring for them. He continued to promise them a Savior, a Savior who was going to come and rescue them from themselves, from their sin, from this evil world. This God, this God, One true God. Our God was always faithful. He never gave up on his people, no matter how bad things got. Great is your faithfulness, Jeremiah said. And how true that was. Again, you think about God rescuing his people out of Egypt, delivering them from the hands of Pharaoh. All the times that that he established them as a powerful nation in the midst of all of the other nations. How he guided them with various prophets, with kings, who spoke to them on behalf of God. He established a covenant with them, telling them that He was their God, and he, that He was their God, and they were His people. God is the only one who could do this. God is the only one who would never let His people down, even after they were carried off into exile. It was only several years later after they had been carted off that some of the people were allowed to return to Jerusalem and they started rebuilding. They started rebuilding the temple. And it was only a few hundred years later that God came through on his promise. He fulfilled that promise of sending a savior to his people. So as we look into this next year, what do we see? do we share the optimism of jeremiah well we have every reason to the lord's loving kindness His never failing steadfast love does not cease it does not change god himself does not change and so his love is still shown to us it's still showered upon us think about what we celebrated just this past weekend we celebrated the birth of our Savior. Think about that. Our Savior. Not just this cute little baby that was born, but our Savior, the one who came that God sent to be our rescuer. The one who came to live a perfect life because we can't. The one who died instead of us. The one who rose from the dead to guarantee that we would rise from the dead. None of that has changed in this past year. and None of that is going to change in this coming year. Yes, God is faithful. And as you trust in what Jesus has done for you, you have life, you have forgiveness, and you have eternal life right now. And someday you will join your Savior in heaven. Yes, God is faithful. He's definitely in control, even in the midst of what we would consider to be chaos. No matter what happens tomorrow or the day after or the day after that, we know that God is faithful. And that's why we are certain as we enter into this new year. When it comes to how God is going to treat us this year, we don't have to play the what-if game. We know that God is going to love us. We know that God is going to forgive us of our sins. We know God's word is true and we know that his love, no matter what, is constant. And it will not change. Having that confidence, that certainty, even in the midst of of all of the terrible things that go on around us, we join with Jeremiah in proclaiming, The Lord is my portion, therefore I have hope. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.